And if you want to listen to Gavin and Josh talk about Haunted Mansion, tune into the very end of the episode after the credits roll. What's up, fandom? My name is Josh, and I've got the burpees today, but I also have <laughs> one Gavin is back. We got him. <laughs> we got him for an episode. Um, so, Gavin, I want to. Um, I got to come clean on something. Okay. There was a pretense for me having you on an episode on this day. Okay. This, by the way, is episode 400. Welcome, everybody, Whoa. to episode 400 of the What's Up Fandom podcast, formerly the Animation Station podcast. Gavin, what day is today that we're recording? Uh, today is August 1st, 2023. August 1st, 2023. Seven years ago, August 1st, 2016, the first episode of the Animation Station podcast came out. I had this whole entire thing planned for you. Like <laughs> it was gonna, I, that's why I was like, how about awesome. Tuesday? That's why like when I, <laughs> when I called you yesterday about the lack of Daisy thing, I was like, man, I really hope they don't, I really hope they don't say today. Cause like I had it all ready. Cause I was like, I don't want to do Thursday. Let's do Tuesday. That's, that is awesome, man. I, that, try, I, I, it, I can, I can remember that very first episode and the obstacles we encountered <laughs> We that was a podcast on a shoestring budget in the beginning for sure. Oh, I like how you think there's still a budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like we hadn't we we hadn't invested in anything up to that point. Like we had one mic and it was the cheapest yeah. mic possible, and we sat at your coffee table and both basically face to face spoke mm-hmm. right into the same mic. Yep. And uh, the first episode was Cowboy Bebop the movie, right? It was Cowboy Bebop the movie. And then for episode ah, 100, so we did Cowboy Bebop the series. That's right. Yeah, that was. And we had uh, Liam on that yep. one, right? Yeah, that, that was a good one. And then True 100. Nice. And then I don't remember what we did for 300. I don't think yeah. we did anything special. You were gone by that time. Yeah. You were uh, gone I, by True 100. That's true. That's true. But I'm I'm happy and honored to be back for 400. Holy cow, man. That's a good milestone, dude. Thank you. Congrats. Yeah. Um, all right, so today we are going to, we do have a thing other than Josh and Gavin Gush. Um, we are going <laughs> to be talking about the Apple TV Plus original series for all mankind. Yes. I, so I found this because I was just, I think I was with Charlie and like, I think I was talking to her and we were like looking at stuff because she had watched everything that she wanted to watch. So it was one of those where we were like flipping through stuff and I just happened to be on Apple um, because I think we had just finished uh, Ted Lasso. And so we looked and I was like, oh, Gavin's in a space thing because you were watching some space thing. I was watching The Expanse at the time. Expanse, yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about The Expanse. Uh, That's a a whole episode by itself, just The Expanse because Lord of mercy. Um, It's, It's beefy. So uh, you 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 were watching The Expanse, and then I saw For All Mankind, and I was like, oh, this is an interesting premise. And the premise on IMDb is, in an alternate version of 1969, the Soviet Union beats the United States to the moon, and the space race continues on for decades and will still garner challenges and goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, continues on for decades with... Hold on. And the space race will continue on for decades with still gr- oh, grand, oh, grand. Oh, uh, I can't read. 
And the space race continues on for decades with still grander challenges and goals. There you go. Did I say nice. grander? Uh, no, you said grander. Oh, I said grander? Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I thought this was, I thought it was a cool concept. So, so mm -hmm. Charlie, and then, so you finished it well before I did. Uh, it was shortly before you did. I think you finished it pretty quickly after me. But I, yeah, I devoured it. I fell for this show, Hook, Line, and Sinker. And I don't remember the last time I was this engrossed by a show. It mm -hmm. it was so much fun to watch. And I am very excited for the potential of more seasons because I just think there's so much storytelling that's happening. And they left us with so many questions when the last season ended. So Which yeah, they it was tend awesome. to do like each season. They always like give you like a, what happened in the time skip? Cause mm -hmm. there's always what, like five or six years. It seems uh, it's about a decade almost in each one because well, I mean, like we each go... season's like a decade. Like it's like the night. Cause like they skipped around. Cause like, I don't think we start until like what, like 1994 or something like that. It was like a weird one. Like we were like here for a while. Well, I think the first season is in the early 70s, and then it skips to, does it skip from there all the way to 94? Or no, that's the last season. Yeah, and last season's 94. It, it skips to like 83, I think, in the second season. And then it oh, skips then to we 94. go to 94. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing at the end. I did, I did like, so this is going to be a spoiler for all, for, for all mankind. Um, so what do you, let, let's kind of start off with our characters like our main character is ed baldwin um played by uh joel kinnaman mm -hmm. um and then his wife karen mm -hmm. uh and their their son uh i don't remember i see i don't even remember what his name is he's dead um <laughs> uh we should know it but i yeah i don't remember uh, timmy uh timmy timmy baldwin okay. um it's not timmy um <laughs> but it, he's one of the many bald ones um mm -hmm. no so uh so uh he like we have him he is basically uh kind of gets he's a test pilot like the other astronauts he's supposed to go on one mission um and then the soviets beat the americans to the moon which i thought was like that's eh, that's fun which is it, which wouldn't be that surprising because if you know the history of the space race in the sixties, they kind of beat us to every major milestone yeah. until the moon. That was the first win we really got. Well, major win anyway. we, we went around it first, I think. And then we got super close <clears throat> with Apollo 12. No, Apollo 10, which is the one that hit them. Uh, like uh, uh, Apollo 11 was the one that landed. That's the one that landed. Yeah. yeah so Apollo 10, which is the one that, um baldwin is on uh mm -hmm. ed and uh gordo best character gordo. in the entire series like <laughs> gordo stevens best character um so ed and gordo are there and they come really close what was it like it's like 30 meters or something from the surface it's like like you could they'd make that thing where like we could almost go out and touch it yeah and grab I, mean, it. I think he says you could reach down and scoop up some moon scoop dust some or moon something dust like that. yeah, yeah. Um, they're really close yeah yeah and it's one of those like this uh all the cool stuff happens like especially with the space race and like doing everything like history wise that's one of my favorite things is seeing like how little things in history change mm -hmm. 
like Ted Kennedy, for instance, mm-hmm. or no way. Yeah. Yeah. No, not Ted yeah. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy. Um, wasn't it? It was Robert no, Kennedy, right? No, it was Ted Kennedy that was, that was in the show. I think it was, I think it's, no, mm-hmm. I think Ted Kennedy, he killed his mistress or wife or whatever. Like, didn't he drive her off a cliff? Ted Kennedy's still alive. It's Robert Kennedy. I mean, yeah, I, I think in the show is, is Ted Kennedy. I could be wrong, but that's what I, I don't remember it as Robert Kennedy. Unless they're both in it, it's the era. They could both be in it. If Robert Kennedy doesn't get assassinated, then he could he could be in it. Yeah, Bobby, they are changing uh, history. Bobby Kennedy. Okay. Robert Bobby Kennedy. Does uh, Ted Ken- but Ted Kennedy shows up later, doesn't he? Yeah, Ted I maybe. I don't know. I mean, oh, Ted Kennedy died in two thousand nine. Different Ted Kennedy. Is the one that ran for president, which was Bobby Kennedy. They all ran for president at some That's point. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, but I, I like I like how you have that trickle down. Like the mm-hmm. Soviets make it to the moon first, mm-hmm. so he doesn't go to like they they play it to where he make like he doesn't go to the party that he's supposed to be at because he goes back to Washington because they're having a right. hearing, mm-hmm. and so you're like, oh, okay, so this is how <laughs> he's going to stay on, and then he gets elected president. So it's just all kinds of different mm-hmm. cool little things that happen. Maybe it is Ted Kennedy. I don't what's, remember. I think Bobby neat, Kennedy's dead at that time. What's neat about it when they do it with um, with Richard Nixon, who's president at the beginning of the show, and then later with Reagan, and they do it a little bit with Kennedy too, but it's kind of that, that Forrest Gump trick where they're showing you footage of them and they're actually saying words that are actual dialogue for the show, not necessarily anything they really said, Mm -hmm. but it's done so much better because, you know, we're what 30 years further along from Forrest Gump. So special effects are better. So all of those uh, bits of footage where you see Richard Nixon or Ronald Reagan or whoever it was look totally legit. And I thought they weaved those into the show really well so you were never like you know catapulted out of it i liked uh, i liked a lot of like the history stuff like that stuff's really cool like when you see like oh russia never declined as a superpower like i like when we get well, into the, there's like, still the soviet union exactly yeah the it's, it's, it's the soviets yeah like we gotta yeah. fight the soviets the entire time mm-hmm. um i do like that they're like oh yeah all of south america is basically soviet now they're like hey, no it's just all of it just like all of South America. <laughs> That's just, funny. Um, like, and like they even go to like, yeah, the Panama Canal. It's Soviet now. They're trying to take it from the Americans. And you're like, ooh, okay. <laughs> like they do a lot of really cool stuff like when they do change some parts in history. Um, it, it, it's very interesting. that That's one of my favorite parts of the show is like yeah. what this would actually be like from a history perspective. Because that yeah. is one of the things that, you know, watching you know, a bunch of history youtubers there's a lot of like what if things like sure. what happens if you know germany won the war or mm-hmm. something like that like you know like what happens if japan didn't attack pearl harbor and they waited um so like type of thing so it's it's yeah. really interesting like how you know they do different things like that and it's it's fun it's definitely a fun thing to kind of think about and i think they do sure. a really good job of it in this show I agree. Um, yeah, the alternative history um, concept has never really struck me before, but this show just hit the right note for me. And I 
I was thrilled by all of it. Of course, I was in high school in the mid 90s. Oh, I thought you were um, going to say it in 1969. No, in the mid 90s. So when we get to season three, so in season two, which is in the mid 80s, we learn in a little news blip that John Lennon is still alive. So he was not assassinated in 1980. And then in another news blip in the 1994 season, uh, they tell you that the Beatles announce a reunion world tour. And I was in high school at that time. And I was at the height of my personal Beatlemania. And that would have just blown my mind if that had happened. So when that little thing came across the screen, I was I was just like, I don't know. I had a weird out-of-body experience excited for my high school self 30 years earlier. <laughs> little, little nerdy Gavin was like, eee! <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah, I like all those little historical differences too um i do like i mean because like they do keep it you know the majority of the space race stuff very close i mean because like well i mean like apollo one happens and everything so like that still does happen so all these little setbacks and everything um but i do like the whole like we got to race we got to race the soviets to the moon because if they get there they're gonna set a base on the moon and like that whole part of that that's the second season right where they're all it's all about the base and everything i thought that was super fun and they're like oh man these these darn soviets over here gonna come take our base gonna put a thing on the moon um it's it's it it's a very fun show i like the rockets and stuff um my my least favorite part of the, the show is there's a lot of drama it's definitely a drama series and some of the stuff i'm totally fine with it works but there's a lot of the drama that i don't know i j- it gets a little bit too soap opera-y hmm. for me. Like it's 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 a lot of melodrama that happens in this show. Where yeah. I'm just kind of like, it, I mean, if we stayed a little bit more to the story, I mean, I when we're into it, they're trying to pad out their full like 55 minutes that they're trying to do. Like I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, man, if you made this like 40 minutes long, you kind of get rid of a lot of that loose fluff that you don't really need. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I was uh, emotionally in the right space that it didn't come across as as fluff for me. Um, and I really didn't get a, a melodrama feel from much of it. Um, I mean, I guess Danny, I, I, Danny and Karen were a very melodrama. Yeah, I know. But I think that sets up so well the tension in season three between him and ed but you could have but we could have i i i agree my only thing is like if i would have done one thing different i would have i honestly i would have gotten rid of jimmy doesn't matter and i would have <laughs> taken jimmy's like hate for the space program and his um very much like you uh his uh uh conspiracy theory mind <laughs> and i would have given that to danny instead Okay. And because then you have Danny being, because like we still need this confrontation between Danny and Ed. That's like one of the crux of like why Danny doesn't really care about, um, you know, f- not SpaceX. Um, I don't remember <laughs> what it's called. Oh, yeah. Dev's company. Yeah. Um, oh, what is it called? Shoot. Yeah. It's, it's getting foggy for me now because it's been about three weeks since I finished it. 
yeah um uh, but yeah so like that's kind of like i feel like you could have had a you know you could have done that as well without being like hey i slept with your wife you know right type of thing um but yeah that, that i mean that's me i mean that's just how i because i mean like again you still have like the like hey he thinks i'm a kid type of thing like i still have yeah. all this pressure from gordo and um tracy tracy being my parents and all of that so like i feel like you could have done something with that and it would have made it maybe a little bit more <laughs> impactful but that's and and having to walk by the entrance of NASA, which now has the most the wor- irreverent the <laughs> statue possible of of two people they're trying to venerate as heroes. <laughs> oh my god! That, definitely, that... definitely don't put them in their flight suits, like looking out to space. Definitely not that. I put know. in like the moments that like like maybe oh. thirty seven seconds before they died. Oh you my know? gosh, that is. That was one of the most hilarious things I ever saw. And like, it's also a terrible statue. Like, it's just awful. Yeah, it's, like, it's that was the one thing I think in the show that came up that I was like, oh gosh, of all the no unbelievable, of all the unbelievable yeah. concepts, it's like, yeah, so wouldn't be that tone deaf. Yeah, like, I believe the North Korean thing more than that. <laughs> oh god, dude, I love, I love the North Korean thing. That's one of my like that. My favorite part was the North Korean thing when they're like, Oh my gosh, this is a North Korean guy. He made it here before y'all. I know. Like, it was like, <laughs> good job, guys. Like, I thought it was hilarious. It's so good. And then, well, when, see, and then when he that's... talks to his wife at the end of the of the season, when he's like, mm-hmm. uh, the North Korean guy, and he's yeah. just like, like, doesn't, it's not registering because I'm, yeah. I'm guessing she's telling him mm-hmm. that, like, bro, you were first. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. But see, that's what is so great about the premise that they created is that it it created an atmosphere that existed in the 60s but stopped after apollo and it Mm. created an atmosphere that that propelled that race forward so all of those superpowers were investing continually so early on in the 80s we we have moon bases and in the 90s we have mars bases like like we have a we have a space station in like 1992 right like it's it's the soviets fault like it's those darn russians like if they should have continued the space race (laughs) we would have kept going we could have been in we could have been on mars by now right actually this is it's 2020 i mean i mean it's 2023 who knows where we could be i know we could be in alpha centauri by now why not like I don't know, I don't know where they're the gonna quadrant. Like I don't know where they're gonna continue to go because I'm kind of like we're at Mars. What's next? We've never. I don't think we've ever thought about what's after Mars. Yeah, I think we've definitely thought about it because we know what places are. I mean, are we going to Jupiter? Places we could. Well, we'd go to a moon of Jupiter. I think. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nice. That's we'd what I mean. Yeah, to, we can go, to, go the, to Europa. Like, Io. Um, Doesn't I, mean, I think have all the water. Yeah, I think it's ice. We might go oh. there, but I think as far as a place we could actually go and viably land and walk around in spacesuits and not die, I think Europa is the next possibility. Um, but yeah, you know, I I don't know. I think there's a lot of storytelling that could still happen on Mars. But oh yeah, um, I think so too. I think if if I was if I was the writers, that's what I would be thinking about. Like, because yeah. I mean. I don't know if it's like 
during the moon stuff, they're talking about having the missions to Mars, like sending out the probes and everything like that. Yeah. I feel like now you're like, hey, it's two. It's at this point, it's going to be two thousand. We need to start yeah. looking at the probes and everything to Jupiter, and maybe you know we go there or find some place that we're gonna. Maybe we do some crazy thing where we're gonna, like, we're gonna land on a meteor, like put humans yeah. on a meteor. I mean, <laughs> it happened in that movie. If the yep. drillers can do it, then I'm sure <laughs> actual astronauts can do it. Well, see, they're setting up for it because they were they were always mining for resources, whether it be on the moon or Mars. And they mm -hmm. found that big reservoir, subterranean reservoir. And that both of both the Russians and the Americans were like, yeah, this is basically how we're going to fuel our ships for the next phase. So basically creating Mars as a stopover point for further exploration of the solar system. So. I mean, if you think about it, they spent the first two seasons basically storytelling the moon. And I could see them spending seasons three and four storytelling Mars. And then season five maybe is the next, you know, phase of whether it be a planet or a moon or something. Yeah. I mean, Japan did it with their little uh, their little rover, the Hayabachi. I think it's Hayabachi. I think. Um yeah, it it landed on uh, it landed on a comet, and they took some some stuff, and then it came back and landed. So it was like the first thing to do that. So yeah, um, that would be interesting if maybe you know that's what they were going. Because I mean, it would be kind of cool to like like hey, we put humans on an on a comet just to see just to see what would happen. Maybe <laughs> that com see. maybe that comets because I mean like I could see them doing some garbage. Like they put a probe up there, and they're like oh, it's full of unobtainium. And they're like, oh, my goodness, we need to get the unobtainium. Let's not tell the Soviets. But then the Soviets find out because Margo's a spy. She's worst, not a worst spy. Character. In, I'm sorry. In what way is Margo not a spy? Because she's not perpetrating espionage. Here's the deal. I'm sorry. Like, is, she, you, is, she giving, is she giving state secrets away to the enemy? Like, to, at yes, the time. That, that doesn't mean spy. That might mean traitor, but that doesn't okay, mean spy. Okay, fine. She's, she's a traitor. And that's the thing. Like, what I like about her character and Sergei's character, who's the Russian scientist that she's giving technology or knowledge of technology away to, is that they're scientists and they they really just care about the science. Like Margo had no political agenda whatsoever for any of that information going in the direction of of Russia. Now we learn that Sergei is under pressure from his government to obtain things. And so he is sort of more politically motivated, whether or not he wants to be. I don't think he wants to be. I think he's just a scientist who wants to do cool science in space, just like she is. But I think what I like about her is that the reason she gave him any information along the way is because she could see that they were either coming to points that NASA had already come to where the, they knew there was a failure point or they had um acquired information from nasa that they had already determined was faulty whether through experience or through experimentation so she saw it as she was saving lives she was helping them not you know explode a rocket on the launch pad you know like had it happened at, at nasa and so i see her as more of just a 
sympathetic character, a scientist who's reaching out to another scientist who has lives on the line saying, look, you're going to want to do it this way or else you're going to create a dangerous situation. And I think that's it. Whether or not the government entities think that's traitorous or against the law or whatever is beside the point to me. Like the, I don't care about politics. I think the politics in this show are interesting, but on that level, I I don't, I don't care if one of our scientists gives Russia information like that doesn't really matter politically. I will agree with you to a point. Okay. Like when she doesn't know the fact that when she finds out that she's been being used, that is when she continues to do it. That's that's my problem. And the stuff that she ends up giving them is is part of the things that end up uh one killing two Americans and killing a couple Russians in space. Um, so like the things that she's doing, it's not like she's just doing it for, you know, like the love of the game and everything like that. She's doing it for a reason and she's giving them exactly what they want when they want it. And it costs American lives. That's my, that's my problem with kind of what she's doing. Well, look, yeah. I mean, but the situation is created by political pressure, not by her and Sergei. Right. It's outside forces that are politically motivated, that are, you know, the other side is bad. We're good. And this this whole mentality of us versus them that create that scenario. And I don't think if that pressure had become involved that it would have been an issue of them making mistakes that costed lives intentionally. I mean, I feel like if if that pressure is not there, then you would say I, I could see, I could still see them doing the the trading. And on, I mean, really, we, that they never would have met if you know the Russians weren't trying to get stuff from him. He's he's an agent the entire time. Yeah, well, I think they want to know what he knows initially, but I don't think he was necessarily being coerced in the first segment of his story when that, when the Russians came because they were doing this joint mission or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think early on, at least we're not given as an audience an indication that he is being specifically pressured to get information from them. I mean, other than it's he does once go they and call learn, them. It's once they learn that Margo and Sergei have a connection. Once they learn that they kind of are friends, that's when they leverage his friendship with her. Uh, to start gaining more information, I believe. Because they do that whole montage of, will you be going to the blah, blah, blah conference? And they have their drink, you know, at the end of the conference. Yeah, but, but and he's, he's and our, like year after year. But that was the beginning of like season three, I think. And he had already been calling them on the phone in season two. Like after the handshake well, yeah. and everything, he's already talking to the Russians. So that's why I'm kind of like, yeah, no, they've been using, and he doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's like, "Hey guys, this is the first time I'm calling. Nice to meet y'all." You know, it, well, it's yeah. it's like, like yes, comrade, I have completed the mission for you. <laughs> you know, moose and squirrel is gone. We we go to moon now. You know, like it's it's that's kind of the way it feels. Yeah, or at least again, that it, may just be my interpretation of it. The the thing that I 
ultimately feel about their storyline is I feel like they become pawns and I feel bad for them because they're their political pawns to varying degrees. I believe that ultimately they just want to one, be friends and two, be kick-ass scientists. And I, I like that pure thing that that is. And the difficulty in their story is that all these political influences come in and, and muddy the waters. Um, so I don't feel like they're as much to blame as maybe you do. I will blame them. Anyway, it's <laughs> funny because originally I thought Margot would be one of your favorite characters. I don't uh, know why. I was just like, I'll bet Dipper will like her. I liked her a lot. I really like Molly. Molly's cool. I dig Molly. Um, my my girl is Danielle. I love Danielle Poole. She's my favorite character in the whole show. Which one's Dan? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I like her a lot, but I like Molly Cobb too. I think her character arc is really cool. And I love that she's got this like hippie painter husband um, who is the person that finally gets Ch Karen to chill out, <laughs> which is nice because <laughs> she is so uptight in that first season. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's I, the thing. There's so many great characters in this. You already mentioned Gordo. His arc is fascinating. I love watching his story play out. And I thought Tracy was a little annoying at times, but her arc is interesting as well i mean because because you do kind of see it from because like she's this like yeah i'm a i'm an up-and-coming like i I'm, I'm you know i'm just the girl version of gordo basically yeah and putting the two of them together it's like ah, it's not a it just doesn't and it didn't work <laughs> until it, it but it did work sometimes it didn't work other times it was weird yeah i mean they're, at the end they loved each other so oh yeah that Definitely. was sad. That that was one of the worst. I was like, guys didn't have to. Like, especially you literally they, you see them come in. Yeah, they made it back into the room, and you're like, okay, they made it. They're gonna be hurting, but they made it. And then, nope, they didn't. That was a that that to me is like the fact that the Russians literally came in, shot people, like killed Americans on American soil because I guess technically it's the I mean the moon and that's part of like the um, a base is like a yeah. I, I would constitute it like a ship you know what I mean yeah. like a it's, ship is technically American it's uh, its own sovereignty yeah like they blew they blew that one dude out the airlock and yeah. then they shot like four people and I'm like how did this not constitute a war like that to me is well, I mean, but I guess because like Danielle, I, I I did think that would that kind of it was funny, but it was also like, oh man, what was it all for? Like uh Danielle and the Russian guy, they shake mm -hmm. hands yeah. at the uh in in space while mm -hmm. everybody is like yeah. ducking covering. I think I think that is the reason why all out war didn't tip off at that point. But I think also we have to remember that during that time uh and especially in this show when the soviet union never was in decline and never broke apart a war between the u.s and the soviet union was that concept of mutually assured destruction and you know they want to move their chess pieces around but really nobody but wants still, to push though, all those red buttons yeah but i mean like in our history the russians didn't like 
go into like Fort Wayne and just start shooting a bunch of people. You know what well, I mean? That's like, actual American soil. I think it's a little easier to, you know, say this is this is uh, this is way out on the frontier where nobody is. They didn't. That's- they didn't attack us in Antarctica. How about that? Like they didn't. You know, like they didn't go in and like go in guns ablazing on like our Antarctic base. Wait, wait uh, I'm trying to remember the plot. How the plot played out, though. Um, they shook when, hands, and we were like, when, "All right, everybody's happy." When the Americans shot the two Russians, was that the next season on Mars? When they were reaching oh, no. their box to get their little translation card, was that on the moon or was that on Mars? I thought that was on Mars. Yeah, that was on Mars. Okay, so like, I yeah, because because uh, no, that was on the moon. Was it? Or was that on Mars? I think. Oh yeah, it was on the moon because Tracy oh, right. was the one shuttling them. Yeah. So we both oh, drew right. blood. We both drew okay. blood. That's right? you know what? That's fair. Yeah. It the the thing that was driving me nuts is I knew it was gonna go bad when the first time they sent like space marines up there with guns i was like oh this is not gonna go well yeah, and sure the, enough, mo- the moment that you send die. guns up there it's like it's no longer a science yep. mission people are yeah exactly and you know that was that was frustrating but i like that it it ended in a more peaceful way especially going into the next season where because of the crazy transit to mars it ends up they kind of have to work together um and i and i enjoyed that and then yeah, like i like them said, working together like when they the north korean was amazing that was i was so good <laughs> like i loved like when they were working together i was like this is good and then when did we yeah. ever helios that was is it, is it helios yeah, that's right, right. That's okay right. Helios. My my terrible memory and it's good for a couple things. Um, yeah, I liked it when and then they were like the Americans are like, wait, the Russians are working with Helios to get water. You guys suck. You know, I thought that was good and it it yeah. was it was cool that yeah I I kind of like the the Helios like super big suits. Mm-hmm. They're kind of they're kind of cool, but they, they also were... look stupid. But I think they look cool. <laughs> they looked they like looked they were probably filled with better tech than what nasa had but yeah they looked cartoony um almost like 1960s kind of they look like the robot from lost in space yeah kind of like that exactly um and they made ed look really goofy with his kind of he kind of has interesting proportions anyway but in that big blue oh yeah joel kinnaman he's like Like yeah. his arms don't normally, you know, go down to his sides regular. He's kind of like a weird like T. So yeah. Yeah. him being in that thing was a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm interested because I mean, like they're not getting out of there, which is one thing that mm-hmm. like, I don't think like, do, do, do they remember how long? I mean, I can't remember how long it is before they're able. They would be able to leave Mars. They had an estimate Wasn't it at like one a point year or something the, like that. It was a while. Because they they had to use up a lot of their fuel sending Kelly uh, Kelly back to the hotel. <laughs> I'm wondering what they're gonna do with Kelly. Like, I mean, because like she had the baby up there, but I'm like, I don't think having because I mean, if you know, sci-fi has taught us anything, you can't have like 
the like kids up in space for long periods of time. Yeah, their development is affected, right? Is yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I guess since they're on like a space station, it I guess it's a little bit different. That has simulated gravity. Yeah, so, so maybe helps. maybe it'll be different for them yeah. instead of being like, they're not like on a ship like floating. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're on like, you know, the Enterprise or like they were like the, right. a shuttle or something. So it'll be, I, I, that, I'm, that is one of the things I'm more interested in. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, what are they going to do with her baby? Cause like, yeah. is, is it going to stay there? Also, whose baby is this? It is a, it is a Russian American baby <laughs> born in space. Like yep. who gets jurisdiction on the baby? <laughs> Cause I'm like, you know, like there's American scientists that would want to probably do some tests on the baby. And there's gotta be Russian scientists that want to do tests on the baby. Mm, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. So that's kind of where I was like, ooh, this will be fun. This will be interesting to see what's going to happen with the baby and what's going to happen with Danny because he's living in the North Korean. Yeah, tin can. The tin can, which, I mean, they're giving him food and everything like that, which is cool. Yeah, um, that'll be interesting. Like, I'm interested to see what happens with him. I'm interested to see what what happens to his little brother, Jimmy. I know you're done with him, but I'm interested to hear what I happens. I wish he would have blown up. Well, yeah. And then the real bombshell at the end of that season for me was the fact that Margot is in Russia now. Yeah. And she made it out of the building because they lead you to believe right up until the very end of that episode that she got blown up with, you know, half of NASA that got blown up. See, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't I wasn't there. I mean, I felt like that would have been a little bit too much because like they see they, they show us a little bit how Molly kind of goes. I mean, not really, but we yeah, do but see her they, go back into the thing. Yeah. But until they said it out loud, I didn't assume that she was dead. Oh, no. I yeah, was but, assuming that it was Karen and Margot that died. Yeah. I um, yeah. I, I didn't think it was going to be Margot. I didn't think she was going to be. You can't kill. You can't kill evil like that. Got it. <laughs> She's not involved. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, that it, her being in Russia. Because now I'm like, do the do the Americans know that she's in Russia? Like, I'm sure they've got to know. They've got to know. Well, you know, it was part of the deal, I guess, to get. Sarah well, no, Day he, and he was out, he was already right? out. Like the Americans got him out. Yeah, but there. So we, we we've but got I don't, to learn I don't, I don't think it was. A, I don't think. It, I don't think. Well, I'm. I'm. I would be willing to bet the Russians knew they were going to get Margot, so they were like, "All right, we can let the Americans take mm -hmm. Sergey and make him think that, oh yeah, this is this is good for us." Because yeah. now I'm like, well, now do you switch? Now that you're like, oh, Margot's dead, do you like take Sergey and be like, "All right, Sergey, now you be in charge of NASA." Yeah. Or I do mean, you just like keep maybe. him such on the down low? Like, I don't know who's in charge of NASA right now. I mean, they right started now. out with uh, Werner von Braun, so then yeah. might as well have a Soviet. Is it going to be, uh, is it Alita? Alita? I mean, she's probably going to be still at least mission control commander or whatever she was. Flight control, that's what it was. Um, but yeah, maybe. I don't know. She was never that much into the, you know, administrative side of things. Yeah. But I don't know. Unless, I mean, and what's going to happen with Ellen? Like, I could see the military taking over because it was attacked. You know, like the yeah. military had a foothold in there in season two, and 
you know, was pretty present. Uh, I could see them coming in. Who knows? I, I think it's it's wide open for possibilities. I could I kind of could see Ellen coming back and like them kind of like putting her in charge of NASA, being like, hey, you were uh, you were president, and yeah, we're that going- would be real weird because presidents usually don't do diddly do. I, I know, but I also feel like she may be impeached. Like, impeached like, or I mean, only be only because she lied un- to the un- Americans. Kind of like a both type of thing. Yeah. I could I could see the Republicans coming up and being like, she lied about she lied about the party and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. like this whole thing, like go on a big huge tirade to get her yeah. out. I mean, I I, yeah, I can I see, that. see that. I especially do, since I, she was a Republican. I do think it is hilarious that the Republicans in this in this era were like, you know, we're all about you know, yeah, it was all about community, and you know, I'm like, got it. <laughs> it's like you a lie, and it's like oh, we're man. we're all about tolerance. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, right. I do think it was hilarious that she uh, beat Bill Clinton to the presidency. <laughs> I, I thought that was awesome, and uh, I was. I was interested to see, like, I didn't know that Pam would be willing to, after all those years, be like, okay, let's do this. Because that was, their relationship was, like, really protracted as far as being together for a short time and then being apart for most of the timeline up until that point. Um, I thought that was interesting. But I always liked Pam, uh, especially when she was at the bar. What was the bar called? Ah, what was it called? They're, they were always there. The blast off. Something like that. The launch the launch pad. The launch pad, the landing strip. I don't know. Something. Something. Some, something aeronautical. Um, I liked this. I kind of like the storyline of the bar too. How then once Karen loosened up, she took over the bar, and then it was, you know, kind of a family business, and then she sold it for all that money, and then and then her and that business partner built a hotel in space. <laughs> who was the uh, who was the um, the director, like the NASA director who got blown uh, up? Deke Deke Slayton, not Deke, uh, the one who got like the dude who's like the first mission, like the head of like he's the mission command at the beginning in season one, and then he becomes head of NASA, and then he dies on the when the rocket blows up. I don't, I don't remember, remember his name. I liked about. him. I liked him. I, I thought he was a. I was like, he seems like a. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Hmm. And then they and then they killed him. Yeah, that's the they, thing. It's a realistic show. Up. So when you're dealing with dangerous science, people do die. This and then fair. when you're dealing with dangerous science and guns, people definitely die. So hopefully, when they go to Europa, there won't be any guns. Uh, no, I don't think this thing will still be guns. I did like seeing uh, Linda Park from uh, Star Trek Enterprise show up in this show as a newscaster. Who? Linda Park, who is uh, what's her character? Uh, Hoshi. Hoshi Sato. Yeah, she's one of the news anchors. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't I, catch it. <laughs> Well, I was interested in the news anchors because in the first season you had, um, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Like the original famous news anchor. I'm Brokaw. Well, I can't know before Brokaw. 
Um, I can't think of his name. And then in the next season, we had a young Barbara Walters and she was spot on uh, Walter Cronkite. We had a Walter Cronkite in the first season and then a Barbara Walters in the second season. And she was so good. I thought she was perfect. And then I, I didn't, uh, it looks like her character name uh, that Linda Park had is Amy Chang, but I thought originally she was doing Connie Chung. Uh, but oh, that would she be wasn't. A, yeah, that would be a. Well, it may be a thing where she was Connie Chung, but they because like they do do a thing where they you know change names of people. That's true. So like people that would be here, they're not actually this person. So like yep. they just like switch the names so they don't get sued. That's um, true. Type of stuff. So um, maybe it is who it is. What was that one dude on Helios who you who was in NASA and then he died? He had the dog. Oh, with the glasses. Who was Alita's boss at first? No, 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 no. Oh no, that guy. That's Bill. That's Bill. Oh, who's who? Danny stomped his dog. Yeah, that guy. Like, I felt bad for Uh, that guy. I was like, man, you 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 were you made it through getting you know attacked on the on the moon, made it back Mm -hmm. home, moved to Helios, was getting paid good amount of money, had a cool dog, then Danny killed it, then. Danny oh, killed him, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Technically. What is that guy's name? Let's see. Let's find it. Uh, I don't remember oh, that guy's character found, name. Found this picture in season three, so we'll click on it and then we'll scroll down. Uh, Nick Corrado. Corrado? Corrado? Is that the character name or the actor name? Uh, the actor's name is Daniel David Stewart. Um, okay. It's Nick uh, Corrado or Corrado, whatever is his name. I did like yeah. that. Uh, um, uh oh what's his name um oh shoot i'm like i'm dude all of the blinks man i just get all the blinks <laughs> oh well um anyway uh yeah like i i think i think it's a really good movie it's it's super fun um i mean a series not movie house it's one of those days guys. they know what we're talking about um yeah it's 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 a really fun series i i'm ready for more like, like you binged it over a, a good, what, like a week and a half period? It was maybe, fast. Maybe a little longer. I think mine yeah, was three it was, days. It was within two weeks. Yeah, I think mine was like three days. Wait, you watched the whole thing in three days? Yeah. Wow. That's what happens when you don't have a life, bro. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I got to watch hurtful one or two episodes a day. I mean, um, I, I also had a nice bit where I like watched it over like the 4th of the July weekend oh, nice. so yeah. i just was like vegged out mm-hmm. that works yeah it's it's uh I, I was in like there's been a couple of months where i've binged a few different sci-fi shows and this being one of them i i binged the expanse and then i binged for all mankind and then i went right into lost in space the new lost in space and um, was just in a real sci-fi show kind of space. It had no pun intended. And uh, yeah, for all mankind for me was my favorite of those three. And I think it's as close to what I would consider a perfect show as, as I've seen. Like I can't think of anything that on a critical level, I would rank higher than this at least not in recent years. I think it is so well done and it's got like cinematic visuals and, you know, 
these great characters that you get to see tons of development from because it, it spans a large amount of time. You know, we're talking three decades at this point. And I don't know. I just think it's really good storytelling and it's really compelling events that happen that kind of propel it forward. And I think it's really served well by the fact that each season jumps forward and we kind of mm-hmm. get a recap of, of history. And then we get to see where these people are in their lives, you know, 10 years down the road or however long it is. I just, I just think it's a really well-constructed, well-designed show. And we haven't even talked about all of the um, historical sets and the set dressings, like, especially in that first season, the, the props, the cars, the clothes, the houses, everything is just, I mean, exquisitely done. It's so good. And then they, they, they modify those things enough along the way that you get the feel that we're now in the eighties and these are eighties things that we're surrounded by. And then in the nineties, you know, you and I both are old enough in the nineties that we have really clear memories of things in the nineties. And it just felt so like right to me. I, I just, I think it's one of the most well-made shows I've ever seen. As much as I, I don't particularly care too, too much for like the melodrama and stuff like that. Um, this does a little bit more for me than something like lost in space. Like there is a little bit of downtime <laughs> in, <Yeah. laughs> in for all mankind than there is in something like lost in space, lost in space. It's like, we're going to die every single episode. Something every is trying episode. to kill us. We're going to die. Yes. One of those Robinsons, at least one Robinson, mm -hmm. found themselves in peril at least once an episode, sometimes twice. Like how many times? Because it was one of those like, oh, Mama Robinson's going to die. And then we're like, oh, no, actually, it's it's Daddy Robinson going to die now. It's like, oh, actually, (laughs) Mommy and Daddy Robinson are going to die. And you're like, like, my goodness. Like, oh, yeah, now Will's off being (laughs) a little brat. And you're like. What yeah. the heck? Like it's like, oh, uh, the sister was shot, and you're like, you know what? At this point, why not? You know, <laughs> it's that was kind of like my big problem with Lost in Space. I I love Lost in Space. Yeah. I thought it was really fun, and yeah, I like too. you know like it makes me be like, oh, that'd be a fun little sci-fi show to work on. Like, um, but at the same time, you're like, maybe you just had to have like a, you know, hey, we think the Robinsons, you know, chilled out for a day. <laughs> maybe the Robinsons watched space netflix something like that like just like they didn't think there wasn't something trying to kill them right or the ship wasn't gonna blow up or smith wasn't being weird um i thought she was great though Uh, parker posey was amazing in that show so uh, good there there's one part i was like man it'd be cool if she'd like got some like uh some like fruit loops and like some pixie sticks and made a sandwich that would be pretty cool <laughs> she gives it to will and he's like this <laughs> like, um yeah i mean i yeah i agree with everything you said I, I i like that show a lot i just i felt the constant peril was tiresome yeah very I much was so. really impressed with all of all three robinson kids though mm-hmm. i mean the oldest one, I think by the end of the show, she's in her mid to late 20s or whatever. So she's not a real kid. But as far as shows with kids or people being kids, I thought those kids were awesome. They yeah. all were really good. Even when Will was at his youngest in season one, I thought he was a dynamite actor. Um, 
So I, yeah, I thought it was really good and like lots of good adventure and lots of great sci-fi scenarios and scenes and beautiful uh, cinematics. The graphics in that show were unbelievable. Um, That last season, unfortunately, a little rushed. Was it? Yeah. I mean, the end, like they're on that colony for like four and a half seconds. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, everything's going to kill us. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it was it was good, and it was a, I I think it was a good bookend with with that, and then starting with the Expanse, um, which is a, a lot grittier and more hard sci-fi and, um, a lot more violence, which I don't care for. But um, the storytelling and the characters were strong enough that I enjoyed the Expanse. But having the Expanse and uh, lost in space bookend for all mankind maybe framed for all mankind even better for me because yeah. i just feel like it's it's such a amazing show to just sink your teeth into i man i love it you're like ah oh, space wait no one's dying yet like, <laughs> what's going on there's no killer robots no <laughs> weird uh, i don't want to spoil the expanse um but yeah like yeah i i I like those um and then we've now now we've just got what we've got star trek strange new worlds that's where Strange new worlds is happening yeah uh, there's uh another season of discovery on the horizon we got lower decks Um, coming out next month lower decks which i that's your fault for are you, are you caught being, up on strange new world i am caught up on strange new world i i did enjoy the crossover episode it's a good Lower episode Dex. i thought good, that was funny you know what i wanted and i didn't really get to tell charlie this i wanted because you know how in the first season of discovery we had to deal with you know them being in like that long like four episode like arc with uh jason isaacs and them being in that weird not real world like the alternate Mm -hmm. universe and stuff i'm like i would have been fine if you gave me like maybe one maybe two to three episodes of like jack quaid and tawny news and like being on like being on uh discovery or not discovery being on the enterprise like i would have been fine with that i think that would have been a fun little thing to do (laughs) they give me a little bit more time with them have them Mm -hmm. you know you know be more with the crew maybe mm-hmm. not give as many secrets away or time travel <laughs> but like i like the you know the pike and boimler being like fathery son type of i thought mm-hmm. that was super cute i was like man give me more yeah. of those yeah i thought they did a good job with it um at first i was worried um because i'm not a big fan of lower decks i mean i i get its place and i understand why people like it but it's not really the show for me that's fine um, you have no joy in your heart that's the old lots, man i've got lots of joy in my heart i watch animated movies and that's my happy place but animated shows are, are a little tougher for me anyway uh i did however really like the notes that they hit in that show especially there was a couple of tongue-in-cheek jokes kind of making where lower decks is making fun of itself which i thought was really funny um and yeah, like, do I, they do that a lot? These references and stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's, yeah. that's fair. Y'all, y'all called that one out. Yeah, and the and even the 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 characters from Lower Decks were like, uh, they talk so slow and so quiet here, or something like that. Because Lower Decks is a loud show. Like, I feel like they're all so. yelling all the time. But you know, they're they're excited young people, so I guess that makes sense. 
Yeah. I mean, they're all, they're all lower deckers. They're all, they're all the Uhuras. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think they were all like, Uhura is the only one that didn't outrank them in that mm-hmm. entire show. Yep. Um, I did like, did you like the Klingon episode? The last one, the one with Umbanga? What happened in that episode? I'm trying that to That was, uh, it starts off a space mash and then it's uh they oh, have yeah to, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have the ambassador come the ambassador yeah um no nah, i wasn't a big fan of that episode i wanted i was i was telling oliver i want space mash like i want star trek mash <laughs> i think that would be fun like my my thing is like we we don't really see it so sorry for people that are like we never do an episode without star trek that's just the way it rolls hey, um, star trek is everywhere we never see like how the federation does like soldiers like right. we we only see it like we saw it like for like 30 seconds and like the, there's like one episode of deep space nine the one where not get shot mm-hmm. um so like we see it there and they're just like uh what do we do throw a bunch of cadets yeah just like give them phaser rifles just have them fight the jim hadar that'll be fine yeah. um like they do that and then they're like what do we do they would take these ensigns like throw them, get make them fight the klingons that'll yeah. be fine you know Klingon like warriors I, I want to know like how that how like what the dichotomy is like how that works like how they're like all right Ortegas you get to be on a starship you though <laughs> like like a uh, little Susie you're gonna go kill some Klingons you know what I mean like I want to know yeah. like how that works like yeah. who gets like do you draw the like and is like is it like do you want to be on planet like do you have a tougher do you have an easier chance on planet than you do up in space right like what i feel how like does it it's, go i feel like it's kind of like uh like starfleet is kind of like the the national guard where it's like if we get into a big enough war you might get called into some sort of action but Bro, like I, in I, that I future st- like there are no other military wings so like they're it <laughs> I want to stop you right there. The Federation is the Salvation Army. Like, let's, let's be real. If there are any yeah. branch of the military, it's the Salvation Army. There you go. It's Space Force. I mean, I, basically. I will say I differ uh, in my opinion of it in general in that I don't want to know how they do that. I don't like the episodes like you mentioned in DS9 and this episode where, like, gritty realistic war comes into it like that's not why i enjoy science fiction i know uh, me, me neither not but like, star trek so that's why it's it's fascinating to me that i'm like why are you guys even fighting on the ground yeah like what like, what's the point like it's like why don't you just do ships like that's yeah. what it, what's weird to me because like you never find about like that never happens in um you know even like next gen or tos mm. or anything like that like there's never like right fighting on the ground and if it is it's an away party that got ambushed or right, something like that right. or somebody's boarded them and they're having to fight right it's never you know like hey let's go send like you know 1500 dudes down there and see if they yeah. can take over a colony of Cardassians right you know right. that never happens yeah um yeah I don't know so that episode I, I'm excited for the next episode because it's going to go lighthearted again yeah, we get the singing episode and everyone already hates it, even though it's not even out yet. And I love it. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think this the Trekkie fandom um, crosses over a whole lot with the 
Broadway or musical fandom. I may be wrong about that, but here's the thing. If we said Lin Manuel Miranda wrote this thing, people would be like, well, Lin Manuel Miranda's because they have no class. Dipper, you're wrong about Lin Manuel. He's very, very good at what he does. I'm not saying he's not a bad I'm not saying he's a bad writer. Maybe just don't sing. Oh yeah, he's not a great singer. I agree with that. But he is a great performer and he has a lot of charisma and a twinkle in his eye. He's and great at him. making money is what he's great at. He's great at making money. Well, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. the other thing he does is he makes his partners money too. So yeah, like that everybody in money. Hamilton. Well, no, but he, he, he helped them all get like basically the greatest contracts in Broadway. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he's double dipping too. He's like, yeah, I also get, even though I created it, I also produced it and I starred in it. Uh, he's, he's like triple dipping, man. He's not just like, hey, I made this. Pretty smart. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> uh, so so pass, stream, rent, or buy. That is our guidelines for this show now. So we no longer do five Astro. And you know what? You know, we'll do that. We'll do that just because Gavin's back and it's, it's episode 400. <laughs> so Gavin, what would you mm-hmm. give this out of five? So for all mankind, fam seasons one, two, and three. Uh, that gets a full bright five stars from me. I, as I said before, I think it's as close to a perfect show as it gets. I don't understand where the stars thing came from. Um, but it gets, uh, for me, I mean, it's tough because there's a lot of stuff I, you know, I don't really like. So that unfortunately does degrade <laughs> the, um, the score for me. Um, I'm going to give is it, it the melodrama that, that it's the melodrama star that, that, that kind of takes it. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, definitely knocks a star off. So I'm going to give it out of, I'm going to give it five cosmonauts out of five. So nice. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's still like, I, I can get past the melodrama <laughs> yeah. enough to where I'm like, yeah, no, I like this show. It's a good show. It's, it's so much fun. I wish and, it, my problem is I wish it wasn't on Apple only because yeah, then more I people agree. would watch it. I agree. <laughs> That's yeah. the biggest problem. Um, did you uh, look up when season four is supposed to come out? Who knows? Okay. Well, I mean, with the, does, with the strike we'll and everything like, like that, I don't know how oh, that, that's, true. that's, that falls. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, when it does, then we'll have to, um, Binge the series all over. <laughs> I mean, it'll probably, it'll and, probably be a couple. Split a little bit of split a month or so of Apple TV and and you know see what happens. Did you watch Silo on Apple TV? I did not watch Silo. Did, did you, watch you watch Tetris Severance? I watched. I can't remember how many episodes of Severance I watched. I didn't like it. Oh my gosh! You and Charlie that, said the same thing, and I'm just like, oh, I didn't care. Show was incredible. I liked Silo too. I think. I think you might like Silo. It's like it's like a slow burn uh, mystery, but it's in this science fiction setting. It's really good. I liked Ted. I actually, I said I liked Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso was adequate. Yeah, that's how I I only watched episodes here and there of the last couple seasons. Good Omens, though. Oh, that Good Omens. We flew that, through that. Bro, season. that last episode. Oh, oh that I last know. episode was so good. 
Maybe we'll I do agree. good omens. Maybe we'll do good omens. Maybe we can get. So, I, I was say let's get Charlie on episode. He ain't coming on episode. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, Gavin, where can people find you in your arts? Uh, I'm pretty much at Gavin Audison Art everywhere, even on the new Threads. If you're on Threads, I don't know you're on Threads. Yeah, I don't know how to use them, and it doesn't work. You can't like. I mean, there's it's, there's it's there's no timeline. There's no timeline like, though. Like Twitter, twelve years ago. Yeah. You remember original awful. Twitter? Yeah, awful. Which is X now? What a dumb dude. Thing that's that so is. stupid. <laughs> that dumb is that? Like, I don't know about you, but like, I constantly don't know where my Twitter is because now it's X. <laughs> so I, but I can't see the blue bird. It was the only. <laughs> right. It was the only blue thing on my main screen, and now mm. I don't see the blue bird anymore. And so yeah. I'm like, where's Twitter? Oh, yeah, it's an X now. Well, you know what? Interesting Elon- that. Um, uh, Mr. Facebook, whose name I can't think of right Zuckerberg. now, Zuckerberg, uh, releases threads with its black icon, black, uh, white on black icon. And then like a month later, Elon announces this rebrand of Twitter black with a white icon. Like what? Come on. Like make it a different color. Stand out, man. You know what that does? You know what, Elon? You know what? That don't impress me much. <laughs> <There you laughs> I love your little soundboard. Thank you. Me too. Uh, <laughs> I spent enough for the damn thing. Um, I'm sorry, the thing. Um, so yeah, you can find Gavin. We'll put his links in the show notes. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom and on Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC for podcasts. You can check out our anime content on the Anime Book Club. So we have Anna Mondays and Fandom Fridays. Um, yeah, check us out there. Wherever you download episodes, we're there. So yeah. Nice. Thank you, Gavin, for coming on and celebrating for 400 me. episodes. That's awesome. I really want to say congratulations again, because that's a major milestone. Not a lot of podcasts stick around that long. and you Not a lot of co-hosts stick around that long. <laughs> well, that's true. That's, uh, that's, that's very fair. I, I, how, many, how many did I do in my original run, do you think? Do you think I, I think I... you made it to 100. 100? Okay. Yeah, and then you were very quick after that, and you were like, "Gotcha." Every once in a blue moon, okay, because gotcha. you hadn't, because you could, I don't think you had moved yet when uh, we hit a hundred. Right, I was still in Oklahoma, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then you evolved the podcast and expanded the brand. So yeah, I think it's good. I like your graphics that you've got. I like your logo Tonka. that you've got nowadays. Tonka. it's cool, man. You, you're, uh, you're just doing it. We're trying. We're trying. Uh, we got <laughs> we got some good podcasts coming up. Um, we've got a. Uh, you know what? I don't want to say them because I I hate doing that. Like if they're not already pre-recorded, you uh, know, because gotcha. I don't want to say like, know. hey, we've got these people coming on, and then they're like, hey, by the way, we can't come on, and you're like, shoot, you know, <laughs> like so we've got stuff in the works that are that's going to be real fun. So. Sweet. That's the look for that. Maybe next week's episode. Nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. Meow. Prohibition. That's back to the, the 20s. That's the spoiler. Meow, prohibition, back to the 20s. That's all you get. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, we've got that coming up. And, yeah, we got some other stuff. Uh, stuff down the pipe. So, going to be super fun. Yeah, again, thanks, man, for coming on. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, so, for What's Up Fandom, I'm Josh. I'm Gavin. Bye, everybody. Peace.
I saw Haunted Mansion. You did? That movie is not bad. It is an is, it is high praise for a Disney studio. You know what live that is? That is an adequate film. Nice. Okay. It's a very adequate film. I am oddly kind of excited to see it. I haven't seen it yet, um, but I I plan to see it. We'll probably wait until it comes to Disney Plus. Oh yeah, but, for sure. Um, yeah, I'll say this, I mean, it was better than Indiana Jones. Well, that's not saying much. Um, sure. They should have stopped making those movies in the eighties, but they insist on hammering uh, Indiana Jones into whatever he is now. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm glad to hear it's better than that. Was it better than the original Haunted Mansion movie? I did not see the one with Eddie Murphy. That's right. Yeah. No. Okay. I mean, no, no, no. I didn't see that. Why? Right. Why, yeah. why would I see that? Well, it I looked mean, bad, bro. That looks like you're a, right. It's bro, bad. That looks like a decom that they made into an actual movie. That's fair. Yes, that's totally fair. Uh, mm. It's it's got its moments, but yeah, it totally misses a lot of marks. And a lot of those marks, I feel like just looking at the trailer for this current one, it looks like they've corrected. Uh, most notably, it's actually a recognizable haunted mansion from one of the parks. Like the one in the yes. original movie doesn't look like any haunted mansion in any Disney park around the world, like not even close to any of them. So it, it already just felt like some weird, like pointless movie. Yeah, uh, I, I like this. They, I don't know the lore of Haunted Mansion, but like, I don't know if there is lore. What's the lore? I know that one lady kills herself, but like. There's all kinds of, there's like a patchwork of lore. There was never one like official story, but they've kind of tried to cobble things together over the years. And it has kind of convalesced into a sort of solid story over the years. I but mean, it's, it's not, it's not like a spoiler because it's in the trailer. Like Hatbox ghost is like the bad guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which I didn't think was like a, I mean, I've only, again, I've only ever ridden that ride every single time I've been to Disneyland, but <laughs> I don't remember him being like the bad guy. I remember him being there that one time yeah. being like one more or whatever. And that's basically it. That was my impression he, of the hat box ghost. So that was pretty no, good. You know, I, know. I mean, you know, the ride itself doesn't really have a story. You're just getting a tour of a house that's full of ghosts. Right. And he kind of looks sinister in a way. And he kind of has a creepy laugh, but he's not meant to be like an evil villain in the ride. Um, so when they do things like the Haunted Mansion comic book series and all the storybooks they've done, like the children's picture books and stuff over the years and the movies that they've done, they've had to try and make some sort of a story and make those characters in the ride into real story characters. So I guess it makes sense that they would make a villain from one of those characters. And he's probably one of the most likely ones. Uh, him or like the attic bride who murdered all of her husbands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, like to me, he's not a bad guy in the ride. You know who to me is the biggest bad guy at Gravedigger with the dog. <laughs> Why is he a bad guy? I don't know. What's he doing? <laughs> he's what's just he, suspicious. What's he doing out there? <laughs> You're the like, only one that isn't a ghost. What are you exactly. doing? Exactly. I have a, I have a question. How does that work? Cause I mean, like, I don't remember. No, no, you go outside. Okay, it's outside. Never mind. 
I was yeah. like, I thought it was like weird that you would see him and then you went into the, the dining room and I was like, oh no, wait, you go through the dining room first because yeah. there's two like long areas. There's the dining room and there's the other long area afterwards. Yeah, there's the dining room and then you go to the attic and then you go backwards down into the outside graveyard and then you go back into that like basement hallway where you see the hitchhiking ghosts. Oh, what was it? Please keep your arms and please what was it your your arms and limbs inside the the doom doom buggy buggy. yep (laughs) oh man the good times yeah 